uh, I was with this um, older lady and I said, yeah, you know, everything's going really well. And I said, but you know, this is a, you know, we'll have a general conference and we'll have a presidential election year and we'll get to do, said just what I just said, yeah. Trump Biden again. She goes, you know what I think? I said, no, ma'am, what do you think? I think Trump and Biden need to go be with Jesus. We're back. Everyone, I, there were probably people that thought, I hope they never come back. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, maybe. It's Pot like have a, mercy. I haven't heard of that in a long time. It's like a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that in a long time. Can't take they my die. eyes off of it. So yeah, so today we're back. It's uh, gosh, what is today? It's uh, the end of January. So we have Dear been Lord. off a pretty good break since mid December, maybe. How um, can it be the end of January? I don't know, but that's why. Last week was just Christmas, right? And mm-hmm. now, I'll... well. I think part of today is just we're going to catch some folks up on <laughs> what have you what have you been doing for the last month and a half yeah. without this? I mean, yeah, <laughs> you can't find your way. You don't know what to do on Tuesday afternoons. <laughs> you obviously have filled it with other things because when I said, "Hey, we're going to do Tuesday afternoons," I'm busy, man. I got dude. I got stuff Tuesday. Scheduled. What's Tuesday? <laughs> the last time we met, we were talking about leading up to Christmas. How was your Christmas? It's I know it seems like a year ago. It was actually really good. I love, I love Christmas around here. It's harder for you than it is for me. Just saying, you know. I mean, you, you a, a particular Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. It just felt like there was. I, I just love this place around a lot of seasons, but Christmas is just wonderful. Being able to just wander around and hug on folks. Yeah, and it's fun. It's really a place where it's like there's a ton of crossroads that happen during Advent and Christmas around here. So it's a time of really reconnecting with folks in some ways and particularly coming out of, you know, I, I don't know if we're still coming out of the pandemic, but folks still coming back saying, oh, you know, <laughs> you still get that on occasion. I, you know? I always love when people say, oh, I know this is a crazy time for you. I know this. You're so busy. And I'm like, yeah, one day. Yeah, I'm really busy on one day. The other days, yeah. not so much. You could call me. We could go. We could go do something. Have a cup of coffee or something. <laughs> I mean, uh, Christmas Eve. Yeah, Christmas Eve is an all day. I mean, it is a marathon. Yeah, and we we do the eleven o'clock service different. So I'm not doing that one anymore. Which why? Is, you love the eleven o'clock, John. You know, that has been your. I passion. love Jesus. <laughs> and Jesus used to go to bed when the sun at nine thirty. Yeah. The infant was asleep by <laughs> four. <laughs> But no, it's, you know, Christmas Eve, we had, we had full house. Uh, yeah. It was great to see people coming back. And, you know, it kind of, it kind of felt like in a way over the past several years with COVID, it, it's, I, I mean, COVID's been gone. Maybe is it, is it gone? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's a new one coming. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, it just felt like, it felt more like the, the pre-COVID years, I guess in 2023, maybe for the first time. I don't know. It's but, great. I saw yeah, folks was, from out of town that were in town. I saw oh, yeah. a couple from Lubbock that kind of were here for a hundred years ago and came back through to visit family. And I was just like, oh, this is. But great. then for me, the week after Christmas is always kind of like my unplug from life deal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, don't really do much of anything. Christmas was good. And then, you know, we get into the new year. And, you know, what's interesting is you get through uh, the end of the year and then boom. The timing was interesting because uh, January, New Year's Day was uh, like Monday. Wasn't that right? New Year's Eve was Sunday. So, yeah, it's like all like sometimes you get like 
the you, you the week between Christmas and Easter is kind of like a down week, but then even after New Year's Eve or whatever that Sunday in between, you still have like three or four days of like nothing's going on. Yeah. Not this year because the first was on a Monday. It's like okay by Wednesday we gotta get going because <laughs> right because uh, the first Sunday in January we're starting our stewardship yeah SOG, of gifts yeah, which is yeah. our funding deal so it's like oh no rest for the weary time to uh, yeah. get back on the horse and speaking of if you'd like to make a donation to chapwood for 2024 please visit chapwood.org slash give till it hurts <laughs> <laughs> i upped my pledge up yours i think that will work <laughs> that's a great campaign slogan yeah, it is i wonder if that should be used sometime john I think it has been used. No, before. it was not. Was it? it was. That was a Mercy Street campaign. No, it was never officially. It was an idea. It was an idea that I actually presented to. I thought you had T-shirts made up. That, no, I had posters on foam board, and a, uh, uh, somebody on our team made up the whole campaign, and they <laughs> they told me this is a great idea, and so I alone presented this up yours to the entire stewardship. Um, uh, folks uh, at Chapwood, and midway through, I thought, "This is horrible. This will never work. <laughs> what am I doing with up years?" And that was absolutely correct. When a woman I really love and respect, who was about eighty years old, said, um, "What does the phrase up years mean?" I thought, "Oh no! If you have to explain it, yeah." Then I realized this is not going to. And I just folded everything up yeah. and walked out in shame. <laughs> but it's still a great idea. It is. I've, I've up, up my pledge up yours up for yours. people that like, you know, struggle with church and all that stuff. Well, I think on the front that, of the you know? t-shirt, it says, I've up my pledge, dot, dot, dot. And on the back, it just says up yours. Up yours. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd have to get both sides of the t-shirt working yeah. in order to understand. Which, which would work at Mercy Street, but to have... Non Mercy Street kind of yeah it probably wouldn't work know. in our uh, eleven o'clock traditional no no <laughs> and to have everybody you know say together up your you know yeah I and, don't the, know. and the cards the stewardship cards <laughs> that are filling them out yeah anyway um, so anyway so you jump right back into yeah. uh, mission ministry life which is good I mean it's it's I will say I tell tell people this I feel so much better like yeah it's for for a number of years just a, a cloud a dark cloud of anxiety over when does the next thing happen when does the next shoe drop when does the next person email me that they're not happy and that i'm you know satan whatever yeah i'm, I'm the devil <laughs> disappointment <or> something. Yeah. <laughs> join the rest of my family and my mother and being disappointed in me <laughs> But I mean, you know, it's um, it's it feels like we're in a different place. Yeah. I've been meeting with a lot of yeah. leaders of the church and and just having a lot of coffees and conversations. And man, it just it really feels yes. like we've crossed a threshold. Yeah. And um, it's there's still white water out there. You know, United Methodist Church has a general conference coming up in April, and um, kind of see what happens with all of that. But and then you know we've got an presidential election campaign we get to do trump biden again oh that because that was so much fun last time part two yeah <laughs> so i mean you know so there's that yeah um 
Although both those guys are pretty old, they may not make it. To yeah, the there's always the hope that maybe two new candidates will I, rise. I probably shouldn't say this on uh, on the podcast, and you know, if you don't like it, just send the email to G Wood, G W O O D at Chapelwood.org. Not to me, but uh, I was with this um, but older lady. And I said, yeah, you know, everything's going really well. And I said, but, you know, this is a, you know, we have a general conference and we'll have a presidential election year and we'll get to do, said just what I just said, Trump Biden again. She goes, you know what I think? I said, no, ma'am, what do you think? I think Trump and Biden need to go be with Jesus. And I was like, "What a great bumper that sticker!" That is the nicest way I've heard it framed. <laughs> and you put them both together, yeah. which is I like, like, "Yeah, I'm not. You know, I don't even know what side you're on. I can't tell, but I can tell that she's like, I think they both need to go be with Jesus." I was like, "Well, oh, bless your heart, bless their heart." <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you know, that's coming, and that's always uh, in 30 years of ministry. Anytime you have a presidential election year, you always get some. Mm. There's always some tension around that a little bit, but man, it's gotten worse in recent years. And I, I'm, I don't, I don't mean to go there, but I'm going to go there. I mean, you think, can. This is what we do. This is a new I, year, 2024. We've hey, been set free, and we may go. We're going to go to there. places and say things and do things that we didn't do before. We're not going to be quite as careful. Okay, this is the theme of the podcast. Yes. Go there. Okay, so one of the things I've really loved about what you've been doing is like in in the troubled waters that we know are coming, and we're in blah blah blah, like. Like, and I've been reading some Walter Brueggemann who says like these categories of Walter, I know, I love Walter, (laughs) Walter's these categories of like, and you've been like talking about this a ton, these categories of like political and all these other kind of categories, the conservative, you know, progressive, liberal, those aren't categories in the Bible. Uh, Categories in the Bible are categories like neighborliness. You know, um, categories in the Bible, like solidarity and standing with those that are community belonging, community. Those are the categories. And so the world, in a sense, the 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 culture, the the one that we're in has so, I think, influenced and distorted our mindset that we think those are the categories we operate in. And always the biblical narrative says, no, actually, the categories are here. Right. And I think that one of the things I've been learning just being back at Chapelwood in a new way that's been deeply helpful to me is is what you've been talking about for a while, which is the categories we operate in the New Testament are different. You know? And so are we going to be formed? And I think this is what Paul means about renewing our mind and being formed in Christ. Mm-hmm. Is that Christ has the categories? And so the categories aren't in out or, you know, or whatever the political ones are. They're really about um, do we love? You know, for, for uh, Jesus, you know, belong. Jesus, there's no condemnation. Um, people want to condemn certain categories of people. Jesus never condemned, said he didn't, he didn't come to condemn. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> whenever people um, didn't mesh or align with Jesus, whenever they were out, it had nothing to do with Jesus. It had everything to do with them. Yes. They, they kept themselves yeah. out. So the Pharisees, you know, it, Jesus was fine. He ate with Pharisees. He went to the home of Pharisees. Yeah. He, you know... Like, if you want in, you're in. Yeah. So is everybody else. Not a category. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and we've, we've, what I've been talking and using this image a lot is like, we just mm. kind of, like in Game of Thrones, hold the door, hold the door, <laughs> hold the door. You know, we're just holding the line, refusing to give into or give way to the cultural, sociological, political, partisan pulls, no matter which side they come from or which way they come from. And to say, no, Jesus is going to be the center 
and your politics has got to be subservient to that. The culture war has got to be subservient to that. And we're going to just follow the words, the teachings, the ministry, the actions, the movement of Jesus. He's going to be, he's, that's going to be the litmus test. And we're going to start and go there with that. And that's going to help us to, to navigate through it. And yeah. we're going to, and so really as, so as the, <clears throat> as the, as the things are moving us this way and that way over the years, and it's just like, we're going to hold this line. This is what we're going to be about. And what's interesting is that, you know, some good Christian folks that like, that's not enough for them, which it should be, it's, it's sufficient. It's sufficiency. That's it's not every, enough. It's everything. No, they need that. They need Jesus in the center, but they also need you to affirm yes. or confirm, like you said, whatever it is that they brought or that they have, that that's just as important in that center space as Jesus is, because yeah. it is a Jesus thing. And then the problem with that is you got people on both sides of the issue that think it's the, they're on the Jesus side. That's yeah. the, that's the hard part for us to ever really get yeah. our minds wrapped around. Yeah. If, if it's, you know, if you're on my side, you're on the right side. Of course. If you're not on my side, you're on the wrong well, side. I'll see you in hell. <laughs> <laughs> but I love you, but I love you, John. I love everybody. But you're going to hell. Yeah. I said that Sunday. I was like, whenever somebody goes, I love everybody. Whenever somebody says, Brace I love someone impact. with that tone, you're like, Brace I, for impact. I do not think that word love means what you think it means. <laughs> it's like, no, that's uh, not, not, no, it's, it, we don't, that's the wrong tone. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. no, I think so. So yeah. So I, I get a sense of that. I feel that. Um, and it's, it's liberating. It's enjoyable, you know, now yeah. to. Can, can I say this? That and it, it returns your division. Yes. And yes, yeah. passion and yeah, energy yeah. Yeah. comes back. So some people have said, like, well, if, you know, what, what are the standards, right? If everybody's loved, you know, then, and if the culture doesn't set the standards and, you know, tradition doesn't set the standards and these things don't set the standards, the way you're right, that, that I wonder if what we're attempting to do and discover particularly in this community at Chapelwood, is the, the sense that this radical belonging is at the center of Jesus. And that when we come, it's, it's the spirit then that tells us and begins to, as we surrender our life and our will to the care of God, begins to put things like, like in relationships of deep belonging and, and a givenness to each other. It, and if there are things, and there are things in my own life and in your life that the spirit wants to, to say, Hey, um, I want to. I want to create more interior freedom in your life, but you're going to have to let this go. Mm-hmm. We're not saying that that pathway is not what discipleship means. We're saying it does, um, but we're saying that that happens, that transformation happens in a deep context of givenness and belonging, mm-hmm. and that outside of that is judgment and is all these things. And that's not that's not the place of of. What Jesus says is you belong to me and in that place of givenness and protection and safety and tenderness and, and then I'm going to, I'm going to lead you into righteousness and to ways that you're living that, that, that you can be freed up from. You know, um, so I've been getting ready. I'm going to, uh, Tupelo, Mississippi this oh, really? weekend. Yeah. Huh. To the garden to, spot. Uh, yeah. It's a birthplace Tupelo. of Elvis. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. But um, yeah, invited me a long time ago to come for their uh, Let's Shine weekend, and 
and they are going through Paul Chilcote's book, oh. Multiplying Love. And oh. so as I've been preparing... <laughs> Podcast uh, session number. That's, yeah, go on the YouTube channel. So speaking of, subscribe. <laughs> Mash that <laughs> like, like the podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, so when Paul was with us, one of the things he said, and, and I can't remember if it was actually in the book, but he did say it on the podcast, is that fundamentally what he discovered is that people have... We have differing definitions of, or different ecclesiologies. And for people who don't know, ecclesiology is just your theology of the church. What do you believe the church is? And he said that that the group that like Mm. disaffiliated from the Methodist church, the group that, um, you know, has been angry with this, that they believe that the church is a community and a society of saints. That basically it's a community of saints and that the other side of that ecclesiology, a different ecclesiology is that the church is a community of sinners Mm. and that, uh, and I noticed this as some of the groups that have left or, you know, they're wrestling with redefining their mission statement. And of course, the, our mission statement is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. But all of a sudden, now there's this conversation saying, "No, our missions there that this this church that that left, they're like the mission statement should be um, to spread scriptural holiness across the world. Across the world, our mission is to spread scriptural holiness. You know what that means? So, well, <laughs> first of all, I know they remove make disciples from the mission statement, and they remove Jesus. So I'm kind of wondering who Sweet. the... Sweet. That's the kind of church I was hoping existed when I was a kid. conservative group. You can't, oh. you can't yeah, make up the irony. Yeah. The group that left because we weren't biblical enough <laughs> has removed Jesus from the mission state. Right. So, of course, now yeah. there's all these rebuttals said, oh, I think we should put Jesus back in. Uh, I'm like, maybe, that might hey, be a good hey, move on your part. Hey, I'm not throwing stones here, <laughs> and folks, look, but... And look, I, I, I think uh, scriptural holiness is an important part of living out your faith. It's a part of Wesleyan yeah. identity and sanctification. Heck yeah. But to say that that's our goal is to spread scriptural holiness is, you know, goes to that back to that ecclesiology that the church is a community of saints. You got to have your stuff together. You got to be... Holy, you got to be righteous. You got to be that. Well, that th- then then I go and I look at the ministry of Jesus, and the the community of saints would have been the church at the time with the Pharisees and the you know that sort of the what, what the institutional church was. Um, yeah, the community of sinners was wherever Jesus was going. Well, and I think like putting that like in a, like. Scriptural holiness is that is that I mean there's a, a paradigm that you can read that through and say oh it's it means these things these kind of uh, these you don't smoke you don't drink you don't do that or is it the is it scriptural holiness that started movements like the Oxford Club mm-hmm. you know uh, and AA and the questions that scriptural holiness around Wesley's band and and uh, and classes began and you realize that oh there's a there's a different way of reading that that says right we're going to create context of deep belonging mm-hmm. and struggle with each other and that holiness really at the end of the day is uh, is is not these these cultural markers but the way that we're given to each other in relationship and that we can actually be vulnerable and walk each other's towards a deeper holiness yeah, you're and going, wholeness. You're also going towards um, churches that do that are going to go towards church. I remember and I, can, I could name the denomination wouldn't be 
Very let's nice of me. Let's do it. Let's go there. Do you remember? But I mean, like, a, the, like, like certain church of Christ or, oh. or certain denominations will, like, when you go, right, you, you visit and then you say, oh, I'm ready to join the church. Um, PCAs do this. Some other, some other churches do stuff like this. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to basically come in and you go through oh, yeah. a, tri- a tribunal. Yeah, it's like your oral dissertation at your PhD. And they they literally they ask you about your faith, and they ask you about your personal life, and they ask you about your belief. And that's because what they're trying to do is like you you can't be a member here, all right, until you pass whatever the threshold test is. Um, and again, I'm looking at Jesus, the life of Jesus. I'm looking at the New Testament churches, and you know you don't. That, that's something, some, somewhere we made a move there. And then what happens whenever you have these conversations, people are like, well, so you're just saying uh, no beliefs matter and nothing matters. And then it's like, no, this is no. the way we work too in this world is like, yeah. it, you either have to be all the way on this side or all the way on that yeah. side. And then yeah. no one understands right. the, 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 the nuances. The, the nuance. yeah. No yeah. one has nuance because yeah. no one has intellectual humility, right? There is no nuance. If you have no intellectual humility, there is no nuance in anything. It's like the way I am, and then anything else is yeah. evil and wrong. That's right. And so when you're processing that out and you're thinking about that, man, to be the kind of church that says, hey, you don't have your crap together, guess what? We don't either. And the fact that I'm able, that we talk about embodying grace, embody grace, you know, the way we fulfill our mission, making disciples is by embodying grace as we receive it uh, and to those who need it. We embody grace to those who need it as we receive it. And so... We had to realize first, you know, we don't have all our stuff together. And there, but by the grace of God, go I. The guy in the ditch could be me, right? Yeah, it is us. It still is us. But I'm saying that that connection of, of just the way that you view. So yeah. I think for churches that are still trying to, you know, um, you know, I think especially United Methodist churches <clears throat> going through this season, there's probably still some hiccups in the road ahead of us. But you have to fundamentally ask yourself, are we going to be, you know, as we live in this post-Genesis 3 world, are we going to live and intersect that world through the lens of law or through the lens of grace? And when you say that, it's almost like they're two different things. Really, they're not. Because if you live through the lens of law, then you're only living in law. If you live through the lens of grace, you're living through law and grace. Because Jesus himself, I quote Jesus, Nice move. Jesus said that he can come do away with the law. He came to fulfill the law. Boom. But how does he fulfill it? Sacrificial love, laying down his life, eating with sinners and tax collectors, eating the I house thought it was tithing and believing and then you just know, doing whatever else you wanted to do. Touching lepers, going through Samaria, <laughs> being around unclean people, you know, I mean, all these things. Like uh, moving outside <clears throat> of the categories. Yeah. So if you live in the Genesis 3 world through grace, I killed you're actually you fulfilling the law. So you're doing law and grace. Whereas if you live it in law only, there's you're excluding grace and love law works until you really need grace (laughs) and then when you need grace dear lord you're hoping that the person that you've uh, instituted to hold the law is actually deeply affected it's just a hard it's just a hard miserable life to live uh through the lens of law because it's all good if you can keep your crap together Mm. But man, actually, actually, if you can keep your secrets intact. Well, it's true. Yeah. That's what really what nobody I found. Keeps it together. It's, it is secrets. <laughs> I mean, look, look at all this stuff in the news with the certain denomination, which I will not mention, Baptist, um, you know, and all this, all this <coughs> sexual, well, Catholics didn't, I mean, oh yeah. So, but, but really around the sexual abuse being covered up, mm. 
and covering this stuff up for years it's because we don't want anybody to know no. that we may be broken. Yeah. Um, and that's part of the honesty. And I, I would hope that the United Methodist Church is going to be a church and a denomination that says we're going to be vulnerable. We're going to be open. We're going to be a, a, a church that cares for the people that God's children. We care for people no matter where they are. We right. care for them. And, um, and we're going we're gonna to just live in this messy world through the lens yeah. of grace the best we can. And it doesn't mean that everybody, we, we think everybody's living life the way they should. And they're not all doing it the right way. And some of them are probably disappointing God on a regular basis. But guess what? Some of we're doing the same thing. Mm. And so it's trying to see through that lens, I guess, is an important part of, or we, of what we're doing and what, what we're about. So that's kind of the... One of the things that um, uh, I was listening to some things that Father Gregory Boyle was doing uh, six months or so ago. And he said, he quoted uh, Miser Eggheart. Um, and who says that any thought of God that does not bring you comfort is a lie, um, which I thought was super interesting to me. Um, and that those, those things about God, uh, and most of our, at least I think kind of the upbringing I had was, was there's these things that I'm coming up against now in my adulthood with these kind of more kid or more uh, earlier beliefs of God that I have to let go of. Because when I think, I look at, at Hebrews, where Hebrews says, it's your kindness, O Lord, that leads me to change my life, to repentance, to moving into a new space, right? Because, and even Paul says, judgment was weak. It's a weak energy. The only energy that can sustain that kind of change long-term is love and community and a knowing place, you know? And I yeah. think at Chapel, at least, we're going Texas Hold'em on that, right? Like. Like you say, that's where Jesus is. We're all in. We're all in. And if it's politically falls in other places, that's not the categories we're operating in and transacting in. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, so um, so we're going to get started. We're going to have, I do know, I've, I think I put it on y'all's calendar. Um, one of the things that I have lined up is our friend Bishop Monde Muyambo, who is... Uh, one of the bishops from Africa, United Methodist bishops yeah. from Africa, they just had a big meeting over there with a lot of the delegates for two or coming to general conference, the African delegates. And I thought it would be good to have him for that. people who might still be interested in knowing what's going on in the United Methodist church to hear an update. It, interesting. Someone sent me something that, um, uh, this group has some newsletter that part of the group that has left. And <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was I just thought it was kind of funny because this group in Africa met 170 something of the 260 delegates from the African continent. And they met and they passed a couple of resolutions. One was we want to remain connected to United Methodist Church in unity. One, we want to support regionalism, uh, you know, mm -hmm. which equality of the conferences. And they also passed a resolution on the, their, their support and belief of traditional marriage mm -hmm. and understanding from their culture and their ethos. All that stuff got passed. Well, this group wrote this article and it said, recently, a group of progressive, liberal, liberationist, centrist Africans. And I'm like, holy... So now I, I thought maybe those are the same ones that they were using for oh their my gosh. own agenda. Well, to so now we've church. gone to, so it's not you enough. We, we were name calling each other here in America. Now we're going to start using the American label system yes. for yeah. African delegates. Yeah. And I'm like, so you don't like the outcome of the meeting. Yeah. So 
like modern politicians, now you're just going to resort to calling them names. Yeah. What I love about like, what this so, is, it's like, yeah. what oh my about? gosh, this is horrible. Well, welcome. this is that's welcome. the worst. Yeah. Well, Anybody love- who would want to be associated with someone who would do that, say you could say, well, they did some stuff, and I don't agree with them on that. But to label them as liberals, progressives, the Africans who voted a petition to uphold traditional understanding of marriage, we we have we have lost our damn minds. Yeah. Some people have no, just yeah. it is yeah. un. You can't make this stuff up. Well, that's when you realize at the core of it mainly is what he said at least when he was on the podcast is that this is a this is a southern mainly white issue. Oh, it's very. So, if you look so at the please difference. leave us alone and why don't you guys figure that out regionally? I mean, let's be honest, doing. the United Methodist Church was already predominantly white and already predominantly old. The group that left was just a much older and much whiter version. Yeah. of, you know. But it's southern it's it's not it's not all over the United States. Most no, of no, the no, churches no. that left and are, predominantly local and yeah. predominant majority of local pastors. Yeah, and um, a lot from our conference because a former bishop, I think, acted in ways that were unbecoming his office and outside of his own integrity. Wait, we don't do that here. I don't call out people here. I'm sorry. No. So uh, <clears throat> one more last thing. I I did get. I uh, had an yeah, opportunity. The second week of January, uh, a friend who has a house in Napa. Well, well, well. I know. And he's well, like, How was hey, dry January for you, John? There's no dry January for me. Damp. <laughs> it was damp. Dear Lord. It was uh, so, so Napa. So, yeah, Stephanie and I went for a few days out of Napa. I love that place. No, it's. Man, Jesus would have loved Napa. He would have not had to turn water into wine. It's just already there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and the food. I'm not a oh, partaker, but a food, the food there is just... You, you know, you can say what you want about California, incredible. whether you agree with uh, what they do or don't do, but I'm telling you what, they, are, they, good, they know wine, and they know food. food. Everything there is fresh. Oh. Um, now, when we were walking down this little city where the... We, we didn't go to the French Laundry. I can't afford that. If anybody wants to send me a donation, I appreciate it. French, what um, is the French it's, Laundry? It's like the three-star Michelin restaurant in Yonville in Napa Valley. It's like one of the Robert Keller. It's one of the famous restaurants of the world. So it's the one that the governor of California, after he said, everybody shut down, stay home, don't go out. He was caught. (laughs) (laughs) Yonville. Hey, Hey, I'm I'm getting, I'm getting my drink on in the rinse laundry. I'll be there in 20. (laughs) But if you know, if I was the governor of California and I'd Made everybody stay home yep. and locked in. And the guy called me and said, hey, you want to come eat French Laundry? I'd be there, too. So Good I to be the king. Blame him. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but anyway, so they, they was closed for the month of January because they, they do their freshening up mm-hmm. renovation. It's not a big high time for people to go. But across, so the, the restaurant's not very big. It's just a little house. It's like world-renowned world restaurant. And it's like just this little house on the corner. But across the street, they have this huge, like, acres of their garden. Wow. Oh. Where they grow everything that they cook. cook. Oh, oh my gosh. So you're walking by the garden and it's like, whatever is growing, this is what we're making. This is how great is that? See, that's what I'm saying. You would like that. I mean, that's because I love that. I do too. It's just like everything is just super fresh. You go into the markets there, it's like every little mom and pop grocery store is like a Whole Foods, like, but without the branding. Yeah. You know, you walk in and they have cheese boards and. And salamis and meats, and they cut and you know, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's good. It's pretty amazing. It's 
Beautiful. So it was fun. We did that and, um, you know, brought home some wine. It didn't last very long. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, I'm excited. We've got some uh, we've got some uh, some topics we're going to be talking about, some uh, some guests that we're going to have. Um, we'd like to get some of our, uh, our favorite guests to come back and, and be with us and just talk about kind of, you know, I think being in a better place, uh, we will do some stuff on United Methodist Church as, as general conferences coming. And I think it's helpful for people who may listen to this, who are in the United Methodist Church to kind of get a sense if we're able to connect them to some information or some person that they wouldn't be able to connect to or hear from. I think it's mm-hmm. helpful. Um, but we're going to talk about more than more than just that. Yeah. Um, Can't wait. All right. Well, hey, listen, make sure as we get started back, this is a great time to, um, whether you watch on YouTube, which we are on YouTube, you can go mm. watch the podcast. Mm. You didn't know that. Maybe I didn't. Wow. Or Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Make sure you like, uh, subscribe. If you subscribe, then when a new one comes out, it shows up on your feed. If you like it, leave a nice comment. That kind of does something with the magic algorithm that pushes yes. us up ratings wise. So. And lets other people discover. And also share it. Send it to a friend. If there's a, an episode or a, some content or something you want to share with somebody, send it along to them. Uh, that's always nice as well. So, Well, I'm John Stevens. I'm Matt Russell. And this is Pod Have Mercy. Mm-hmm.